Thank you for joining the Beyond Biddable Hours podcast series. And I'm delighted to tell you that I'm speaking to Simon Marshall today, who is the founder of To Be Determined, a world-class legal marketing agency. Simon, thank you very much for joining me today. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for having me along, Barbara. It's going to be brilliant. Absolutely. I have no doubt about that. So let's get into the question straight away then. Um, so we'd love to hear your story, Simon, and um, how you came to be, really. Yeah, so um, I have been in the legal industry for around 20 years now, just over 20 years, and started out uh, as a journalist in 1999. But I actually have a life before the law, uh, hard to believe uh, that's true. Um, but I, I worked in kind of sales and retail uh, before the law. I think it's quite useful uh, in later years, as it were. Um, but when I came to the law, I was a, I was a researcher at um, Legalese, and I wrote for Legal Business Magazine as well a bit. Uh, and then um, worked at a variety of different law firms over the years in marketing and BD roles. And then uh, I thought after doing six law firm roles, it was probably time to, to do something a bit different. So I set up to be determined uh, an agency uh, which is dedicated to kind of looking after people in the legal sector. And um, yeah, that was three and a half years ago and it seems to be going pretty well so far. Excellent. Well done. Yeah, I've heard uh, a lot about you myself as well. Um, and obviously, one of the reasons we're speaking here is your uh, commitment also to the Beyond Biddable Hours platform. So we'll talk about that a little later. Um, but that's a really exciting journey. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the work that you currently do. Yeah, I mean, it broadly splits down into just a few pots, really. Uh, we, I've been lucky enough to work, as I say, across um, sales and marketing and business development and PR as well. I'm not one of those people that spend 20 years doing exactly the same thing. Uh, and that's quite useful for the client base that we've got. We, we predominantly work for founders of law firms. So they're probably X Magic Circle, X Top 10, or X leading city firms. Many of them women uh, who have ventured out and set up their own firm uh, and created something special over the last few years. So um, I don't know how it is uh, where you are, but um, over here we have a lot of um, boutiques that are being formed at the moment as well. Really, I think that technology has allowed those uh, female founders to have a, a different life uh, using technology and delivering exceptional services to clients. So that's been that's been a, a happy hunting ground for us, um, and we've got some kind of marquee clients in that area that have been shortlisted for awards and whatnot as well, and they keep referring us to other people. So and we must be doing something right for them. And then marketing um, on its own, spread the word, right? Yeah, well, and um, you know, it's it's just a sign of of how you look after key accounts and look after people. You know, I mean, fundamentally, that's what it comes down to. And then um, we're lucky enough to do some digital marketing. As you know, we have a, a little sub brand called the Digital 100, where we analyze um, all the top 100 leading uh, law firms in the UK's um, digital marketing performance. What that means is we've kind of got best practice to help everyone benchmark themselves against. It's easy, Barbara, isn't it, to, to look at your own statistics mm -hmm. and not know whether it's actually good or actually bad. And instead, you can, you know, look at, OK, how do I benchmark against Norton Rose? Are we doing as well as them or what should we be doing that they, they're doing already? And firms are finding that incredibly useful. So that's, you know, a larger law firms aren't going to use us for their outsourced kind of broader marketing. They've got you know brilliant teams like your team. Uh, to, to be able to do that. So instead, we, we stick to a niche when we work for firms and larger firms. Uh, 
And then um, there's a small kind of offshoot practice that we've um, we've always done, but we've only just formalised really. And it's just about to go onto the new website over the next few days. People don't know about it yet, but we we advise a lot of partners who want to advance in their careers. Sometimes it's people who are just not got enough profile in their department, and they've had enough of being the <laughs> the, the third wheel or whatever it might be. And you know, they're the one who, they're the one who never gets quoted, or never gets listed in the directories or whatever. Oh, there's so plenty of those. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, but some of them are like right. I want to be department head and that, that'll solve it so we, we uh, it's a private service that one we don't tend to we work for them as individuals and we don't do too many of them but um we do the odd election campaign um yeah. for yeah. people who want to be department's heads or practice heads or secretary yeah. heads or frankly managing partners as well so look if you, <laughs> if you know anyone barbara that wants to kind of push <laughs> on and it, we'll always um we'll always help people who want to make partners you know, yeah. I'm sure you, you must get asked all the time in your business. Well, how do I? What do I need to do to make partner? You say, well, okay, give me 18 months and let's have a long conversation. That's what we do. We support people over an extended period, uh, and we're looking at some interesting models on that about whether there should be some success fees in place for them to do that as well. Uh, works for a senior associate to do it. But yeah, mainly, as I say, partners, founders, and then law firms. Very good. That's really interesting. And especially also the last part that you mentioned um, about more or less sort of like coaching or helping them with a personal strategy, right? Or a personal business plan to excel their careers within the law firm, um, whether that be for partnership, whether that be from for managing partner, as you said, uh, is really very important. And I think a lot of our listeners can resonate to that as well. So one of the sort of like focus areas also for the Beyond Billable hours platform in future is to offer that one-to-one -one coaching so you'd be an excellent coach um to be uh, to be on the platform so yeah i hope we've you will join a, us for that i'd like to think we've got a bit of a track record on it i mean you know it comes down to is the person you're working with and have they actually got a success of getting people to make partner and i think a last count i've done about 20 that have been made up to partner at least and then you know a few elections i'm not going to name the amount of uh, managing partners i've helped get elected that's <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, and what just to your point there about the challenge, one of the really interesting, you know this as well, given your deep level of expertise in this area, is that a lot of it is quite form-based and, and kind of formulaic, but actually people and practices are different. Audiences are different, clients are different. And so what we do when we work them is say, yeah, no, that's the form you've got to fill in or this is a process you've got to follow, but you've got to make it work so it works for you and your client base and the firm in relation to yeah. that. And I think having lawyers understand, okay, the rules, they're more like guidelines. So they're to be flexed a bit. Let's let's work with that. That is where we probably win, you know, is yeah. on not rigidly sticking to things, but saying, well, actually, I've, I've, I've bent this rule here because, you know, in my health and safety area, X, or in my construction area, Y. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's not about the template per se. It's you know the, the template is 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 a useful sort of like guidance on how to structure your thinking. Yeah. But again, it's like it's it it's not a you know fit for all type of exercise. You need to tailor it to the individual's needs. Um, absolutely, I completely agree. Um, but yeah, that areas to, to do that though and to understand that that they're not strictures by it. You know, I think is is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. So um, what would you say are the challenges that you face? And I'd also like to ask you this in the sort of like setting that a lot of our listeners are obviously uh, fee earners within professional services firms. Um, they might be looking to set up their sort of like practices as well. And I would say you've done pretty much a similar exercise with setting up your own business as well. So, you know, your experience may be easily translated into that side of business as well. So your your sort of like challenges and you know your your tips or experience on this is, is really useful 
Yeah, well, I, I think the answers I've chosen in that area exactly dovetail to, to, to what you're talking about. So I think uh, for partners or people who are aspirationally partners or want to be department heads or, you know, want to set up their own law firm, you know, working on the business at the same time as working in the business is that challenge. You know, you know we've, you've got to make space and time to uh, improve, move forward and, and to deal with what you're doing on the business as well as delivering you know, for the business as well. So if you were planning to say, well, you know, I'm going to deliver X and Y and Z for clients in the five day week, then, you know, you need to, you need to invent a new sixth day as it were to get all of the other stuff done <laughs> around the business. So my advice would be, you know, plan for that as you can and just realize that that's seasonal, it's going to be busier. Um, you, in my experience, probably won't end up working fewer hours for the first wee while of the, of, of running the business. But as soon as it gets to a certain level that you think, like, this is creeping into a yet another day, then get yourself a brilliant VA. I would suggest, you know, if you can find a virtual assistant somewhere, um, maybe even two, Barbara, and that's not a joke when I say that, find two, put them in different time zones, right, and watch what happens next. You know, stuff gets done overnight then. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it's amazing how far forward things can get if you, one, give things to a VA who are incredibly organised people and have only a vested interest in, in driving stuff, and two, uh, if one of them hands it to another one and they do eight hours work on it and you come back, it's like, wow, this is it's transformed um so that's i would say make space to work on your business doesn't matter if you're a partner of a firm doesn't matter if you're an associate on career track doesn't matter if you are a digital marketing manager at a law firm you've got to make time to work on the business as well as in the business and that i think at least needs to be in the ratio of a half day of a working week so you know it's got to be it's got to be at least 10 percent of your week that you're doing that um so you've got to make time for it really isn't it it is it's hard but let's play it out as the alternative if you don't do it then you are likely to be competing on price and you're likely to be competing on yesterday's information which kind of brings me to my second point uh, part of that you know working on the business has got to be keeping up with the technical changes in your area as you know one of the things that i do is, is train people on linkedin we're going to talk about that in a minute for the for the for the platform um and that alone keeping up those technical changes to what's happening on linkedin is <laughs> takes quite a bit you know you know you've got to you've got to read you've got to notice you've got to fail at things try some stuff you know be willing to yeah. fail I, I fail hard on purpose on behalf of all the lawyers that i train <laughs> if you think <laughs> if you think my posts are like not the real deal that's i'm doing it for you people okay i'm doing it so that you don't have to um, yeah, yeah, so I mean, I can... you practice what you preach as well, right? You need to trial it first and understand how what the impact is of certain things that you would do um, for others to, you know, to run with it as well. And I, I won't be, I, I get, you know, I get, I get confused by it at times, not just LinkedIn, but other forms of digital marketing. Why did that work so well? You know, what, what and we go and unpick it, we go and look over. So, I mean, if there was the, that challenge of, of finding the time to, look at the analytics to to review what you did find out what the results were um you know we we run reports on our own twitter every now and big reports every now and then uh, if once a quarter to go and see what worked and what didn't get some surprising results in there i didn't know you know the level of um kind of reach that we still had on on some of those platforms but uh so there's some of the challenges i think it's time um you know capacity and then and then making sure to make sure that you've got time to to work on the business as well one of the um one other thing that somebody said to me, uh, it's a woman called Susie McPartland that went to university years, with years ago, um, but she uh, advises small agencies and mid-sized agencies. Uh, I'm too small for her, she says. Uh, but she said, look, let clients determine what they'll pay you for. 
just what an insight, right? She said, please promise me for the first year that you'll just, you know, take on all the work you get given and then find, la- allow pricing to kind of find itself and really discover where clients find value in what you do. Because we all assume that the things that we find easy cost less, the things that we find hard should cost more. But she's like, what if you find something easy that a client finds really, really hard and client B would find really easy, but it doesn't matter. And I thought that was really instructive. So that challenge that you've asked me about, that's a huge challenge for lawyers because they price things similarly, regularly across the board. What if it's worth 10 times more to one client than it is to another? Because they've never done it before. You know, so that is a challenge. You've yeah. got to discern that. What's, what's it worth to you? Where does value lie? And I don't want everyone to hear, by the way, you get charged 10 times more just because it's <laughs> before. What I wanted to hear is that the lawyer and me should be interested in what value is this adding to your business? Does it make a material difference? Does it, te- does it make you go forward faster? Yeah, and that's what, you, that's what you ultimately want to pay for as well, right? Is the impact that it has on your business. Hopefully. On your practice. Yeah, of course. Okay, um, so yeah, you, you're obviously due to feature on the Beyond Billable Hours platform and we're extremely proud uh, to have you on there as well. Um, but what did, did, did you, why did you decide to uh, become an instructor on the platform? Well, uh, I don't want to blow smoke too much, but it's because of you, <laughs> really. Uh, you <laughs> are incredibly inspiring for um, what we're doing in the industry. And I don't say that lightly. You can stop listening for a minute. I'll just talk to the listeners, okay? Uh, what Barbara's achieved, really, I'm going to talk about her in third person to make it a bit easier. What Barbara's achieved is, is something pretty special, right? She's created a platform that is beautiful, intuitive, like really... Uh, it's not in any way off-putting for lawyers or anyone in the legal industry to go and use. And I don't think that's an easy task. Anything that looks simple in our industry and yet elegant, is there's a lot of work that's gone into it, if that's the case. So I, I've been asked previously to do things like that. I didn't feel comfortable about it. And uh, you came along and asked me, and I thought, one, that was a bit of an honour, and two, uh, why wouldn't I do that? So what I did on the back end of it was took it really seriously on the video side of things and I went and found a really top-end videographer to take it seriously. I didn't want to do it half-heartedly. Um, you know, we're still developing materials. I plan on committing fully to what we're putting on there as well. And I think that the gang of instructors that you've lined up to go on there is just phenomenal. I mean, talk about, you know, it's a bit like um, maybe fantasy football. You know, one of those, you know, where you can put those teams together, except somebody's just said, don't worry about the budget. You know, you're allowed to choose. If you, put together, if you, if you go and look at the people you've chosen, most people would, would fall all over themselves to work with that team. If that were your marketing team, if that were your coaching team. So, yeah, I, I looked at what you were doing and thought, well, I, I would be a fool to miss out on this. Ah, I'm blushing. Well, thank you, Simon. Well, that's really, that, <laughs> that's really, that's really generous. Thank you so much. We're we're absolutely thrilled to have you on the platform as an instructor, and I'm sure that our listeners uh, will be as well because the, you know the the insights that you have to share with the, with the rest of the world, really, because this is a global thing, right? We want to make sure that this reaches as many people so that it can benefit them as possible. Um, so that's really, really brilliant. Well, we should talk about that for a minute. We should talk about that for a minute, right? The pandemic. Yeah has uh, setting aside national laws for a minute right setting yeah. aside geography the pandemic has removed geography from the quality of service right it doesn't matter where you are we've got firms down the road here in exeter and into cornwall you know i'm in bristol right you've got london we've got leeds we've got glasgow dubai clients do dubai 
clients do not discern anymore any reason why if you're on zoom with me or i'm on zoom with you that the quality of service would be any different from each other right i think Correct. there's a lot of lot of macro issues are going to flow out over the next two to three five seven years as a result of this and i want marketing guys to get it really quickly and first maybe start out by looking at stuff on your platform and realizing if we use this if we adhere to these standards and these guys are going to constantly be improving what they're putting on the platform then no matter where we are, we will be world-class. And that's the thing that's gonna matter in a increasingly AI-led, increasingly power of the East versus power of the West kind of led um, kind of services industry. So it's it's not, it's no coincidence, right? And when you said go global, you're, you're taking what, something we were working on previously global for us. And we just see that as part of a natural extension of what we're doing. So yeah, that's, if anyone, listening and thinking about where could i work for clients anymore you know there are there are clients all over the world can instruct you now we've got yeah. um i came across a barrister the other day who was just you know based in turkey for the whole of the pandemic but had been in court cases every hour of every day for weeks and weeks and weeks and i don't know if you know but they've actually got more efficient than they were before because they have to travel absolutely court to court. Yeah. yeah if you need me in cayman one day and i'm in birmingham you know two hours later it's not it's, i don't know if anybody knows it's not physically possible to do that right <laughs> <laughs> you know two insolvency matters in a day now and in a way that you couldn't for i think i think we're at the foothills of what it means for our industry so yeah i think you you've captured something quite clever there that's going to really accelerate thank you yeah it is i mean we as you say i think also practitioners you know they need to consider their client base to be literally everywhere um we need to look beyond borders um you know it's it's all a lot more accessible now it's been technology has accelerated since COVID, which is, you know, probably one of the very good things that came from the whole, um, you know, awful situation, basically. But I think that's something that we all need to take advantage of. Um, it's not just, you know, the the people that you knew within your networks previously, but it's just way beyond that. Um, and I feel that it spreads like a snowball very quickly as well. The introductions that you know you can make now in this in this arena, even for me personally, you know, I've met you. You know, people in your network, and you. Uh, think we should have a chat and I chat with these people and they know people in their network uh, and I have a chat and it goes on and on and on and on it basically never stops and I reach people that I never could have reached maybe before that time you know so it's 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 perfect I think that's right I think you've become a node haven't you in, in a confused and busy and information overload world if you're a lawyer and you can position yourself as the person uh, who is the consigliere without its negative connotations. Uh, if you can <laughs> yourself as the person who people turn to for, I, I don't know if you do this, but can I ask you this question? And then come what may, you deliver it or you know your contacts deliver it for that person. You, that client's going to come back and ask you the question the next time and the time. It doesn't matter if you're in marketing, you need to do exactly the same thing. Internally, you've, you're, I've met your team, they're a wonderful team. They, they um, come across to me as the kind of people who, if you ask them a question, are always going to know who does the thing internally and they'll pass on the piece of work to them as well. Wonderful. That's, that's what service ethics should look like for a marketing team within a law firm and for lawyers who work in the law firm for their clients as well. It should Completely be, agree. take the question, I'll find the answer. I don't know the answer. I'll find out the answer for you. I'll be back with you in two hours. There we go. Boom. You know. Yeah. Completely agree. So uh, when we um, when when learners on the platform will access your workshop, then what is it that they will learn from you? 
No, that's such a good question. Such a good question. I think um, if you moved it away, it, uh, happily, it's very similar to what they need anywhere in their marketing and BD, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's they're going to learn how to gain profile, how to grow yep. their networks, yep, and how to win business. Excellent. And you, you and I might call that comms marketing, and <laughs> right? But fundamentally, it's about gaining profile, right? With with yep. the right people that's yep. a caveat so going after the right audiences and making sure you shot again and again in front of those audiences growing your network so as you just said you know i introduce you to some people they introduce you to some people and suddenly you know barbara's power base increases even further and then winning business on linkedin as well and i think that's something that just sounded like it wouldn't have happened maybe two years ago but um we as a business now tbd we now get maybe um 50 to 60 percent of our business through linkedin um and it's massive yeah and the rest is obviously word of mouth as well uh as you'd expect and i have a sense that most of that is probably backed by um linkedin people looking me up anyway and finding out what's going on so it's what i would expect people to gain from it is an understanding of how they can thread it as a golden thread through their practice through their day you know one of the things that i say to the teams uh marketing teams and lawyers when i train them is turn it on at the beginning of the day turn it off at the end of the day whenever you've got time recording open linkedin should be open Right, because yeah, you'll yeah. need to look up a contact. You'll need to find out if somebody's moved job. You'll need to, you know, do a whole host of other things. And actually, you can just check in uh, with clients and targets as you're going along as well. It's uh, that's what they'll learn is is um, rigor. Yeah, completely agree. It needs to be part of the day to day, really. Like it needs to be on your to do list every single day. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be really exciting. Um, so. You, you're obviously giving lots of sort of like, um, you know, theoretical types of, you know, examples, but also you explain how to, I suppose, uh, you explain how LinkedIn works um, and how you can make that work for you. Um, but how can they sort of like, you go into this training session, which, you yeah. know, is something that happens constantly. You have either a day off or a few hours off to do a training, yeah. and then you get back to your desk, back to your day to day. Now, how do you change that around to ensure that they, you know, can sort of like um, what they've learned so that they can put that in practice? Such a good question. Such a good question. We do two things, I think, a bit differently um, than some of the other courses. Good. Let's, let's take the assumption everyone's done a LinkedIn training course. Everyone. Even if it's right. just cool. Everyone's yeah. done, right? Yeah. So I have to come along and then remedy that, <laughs> whatever it is, okay? Because, yeah. uh, so what do we do? One is, before we meet people, we review their profiles and we introduce ourselves to them by, by sending them a video of that. So they, what happens then, Barbara, is you come to one of our training sessions uh, or um, people who sign up on the platform, maybe we can find a mechanism that allows me to do it for them on there, right? Yeah. Um, that they would buy that service. And it means that they're not turning up to a training session confronted by, oh, everyone's going to show me up. You know, my, my profile's terrible, my photo's terrible, my headline's terrible. And you take away that big fear of this. And you just say to people, we're not going to be dealing with health and hygiene in the training session. We're going to be dealing with the practice of LinkedIn. And as you know, lawyers don't want to be showing up about the things that they do or don't know, have or haven't done. You know, they don't want their homework marked in front of everyone. That's awful. So instead, the training session and on the stuff we do on the platform focus on those things uh, that are going to move them forward in terms of the practice of using 
LinkedIn. It's very practical. Um, there's lots of tips and tricks and um, uh, even a little schedule. We do uh, one of the materials that we're going to have on on a Beyond Billable Hours platform is going to be um, a chart of an, an order in which to do things each day. And you kind of stop when you reach a certain time frame because I don't want people spending feelings that they have to do it every day. But there's a there's a chance that you should give it some proper attention to extend your network and do a couple yeah. of now if you have it on for the rest of the day, that's just dipping in and out of it. But fundamentally, you know, you need to you need to concentrate period at the beginning of the day or the end of the day um to, to do that. But it's about that's brilliant. It was your word though, it's practice. You know, yeah. you need to practice. And that uh, we don't get to excuse me, we don't get to um, you know, turn up and play football or play a violin professionally without having practice. So why would we assume that we get to Absolutely. the very upper games of, of, frankly, anything in your platform, but LinkedIn as well? And I, I went from, you know, a relative, how would I put it, a happy amateur, maybe, um, uh, prior to pa uh, the pandemic, uh, to you know, leading some of those conversations about where the platform should be developing its points next. Now, I'm, we have a conversation at the moment about whether or not we're going to start writing to the development team and asking them questions about things that we think we're, they're missing. Um, so, you know, I would say commit to it, practice, try things out for 10 minutes and then analyse it. Where did it go well? You know, what did you, what did you do? What did you succeed at? Did it produce the result you wanted it to? Um, now, under this as well, I've been thinking, you know, how, how do how do people put it into practice i think you've got to spend a bit of time finding your voice mm. you know and and working out where your red lines are i will never do this i'll never say that i'm not comfortable doing this fine you know if you don't yeah. like doing video don't do video that's a, that's fine nobody no there's no rule book about it video might produce a different result but if it's not something you're willing to do or comfortable doing then that's your red line that's okay yeah, um yeah. if you if you do practice that i think you'll find your tribe on there you know, you're going to find your kind of people on there because the world's a very big place and there are people like you out there, maybe who don't like imagery, maybe who love a long read, maybe they maybe they don't, maybe they love a poll, but you spend enough time on there, you'll find people who are like-minded like you who want to instruct you. That's what yeah. I think about it. So yeah, that's that's the that's the rationale for doing it. But you, you need to you need to practice to find those people. Very true. And there's different ways to achieve your sort of like ultimate goal with that as well, right? So if that was finding, finding you know, a new clientele or reaching out to current contacts, etc., just to win more business, then one way or the other, no one is going to tell you video is the way. Someone may say video would be good. Um, someone may say, you know, it's, it's, it's lengthy articles or podcasts or whatever it is that you come up with. But as you said, you know, it's important to feel comfortable with that yourself because then you will enjoy doing it more than if you would have to push yourself to do something that is slightly out of your comfort zone and it takes you a lot longer to do it you'd rather do you know a, a little bit more frequent things that you know are within your comfort zone than pushing yourself to your limits and then you end up doing you know one or two random things on the platform that may not lead to anything yeah so i i think you're absolutely right and so if we can just remove right and wrong from it and yeah. instead saying works and doesn't work exactly for yeah. you right so for you yeah. barbara's got objectives right barbara's objectives can be met 10 different ways on the platform you know yeah. if, I, if i say to barbara okay you need to have some subscribers to the new beyond billable hours kind of platform you could say okay well look i know that if i do a communication style post 
you know, 0.01% of them will convert. So therefore, if I want to get 100 leads, I'm going to have to do this, many, get this many impressions, right? That's mm. one strategy because you maybe don't want to do something a certain way. But if I said to you, yeah, Barbara, equally, you could just write directly to the 10 people that you thought, you know, <laughs> were going to be relevant and they've got the kind of business you want to help and you just drop them an email. This is only an idea, but you can see... Yeah. The same objective can be met two different ways and one of them has got a much more sales kind of um, attitude to the other one which is a comms and marketing attitude there's nothing wrong it's just about what works and what doesn't work for you and for the client as well and um i would just suggest that and i talk about this a lot with people outside of the platform what we'll talk about today but i say to people sometimes i have to say what does your role require rather than what do you like doing as well and you know my role require unfortunately requires turning up and doing podcasts and it's it's not something that i not something that i sorry i know I, I love doing it but when i'm doing it but i'm very nervous about it ahead of time but um but look that's what the role requires isn't it so sometimes we have to say as partners my role requires me bringing this business so i can feed the team and yeah and therefore I have to do some of these things that probably make me a bit uncomfortable and in the training session that we get on your platform we've got what's called the hero model and part of that model is about making that experimentation as safe as possible for lawyers and it's making it so that they understand there's an arc a journey to go on so yeah that's that's what I would say about it is that you can yeah you can practice make it safe and and, and do the right things that meet your broader business development objectives as set in your personal plan as a partner because you're bound to have some at your firm or uh, in the marketing and bd department in barbara's team maybe they've got to have 10 new pharmaceutical clients over the course of the next three to four years great let's use linkedin to at least do some of the work towards that as well we can all use linkedin for our bd objectives yeah, that makes total sense. And I would only say, you know, go onto the platform um, as soon as your workshop is on there. We will notify everyone um, about the existence of it. And I'm sure it will be a massive added value to so many um, because a lot of us, we, we just don't really know how to do it or to find our sort of like red line, right? What will work for us and what won't. So thank you for that. Um, we're running out of time. I know we could, I think we could just talk forever um, about this topic. So I'm sure we'll do another uh, podcast but i just wanted to ask you one final question um before we finish this and that would be literally like one final tip from simon on building a sustainable practice what would that be yeah okay um wow what a question um, <laughs> sorry yeah <laughs> sustainable practice for me looks like this gotta have an eye on today what's happening today with the clients and making sure you're doing all of those good things but those people who've had 20, 30 year careers in the law, and I'm talking really at the upper echelons of their practice area, have always got one eye on the future. And they're looking at interpreting what that means for their client. We do it for our clients. We think, okay, Google's making a huge algorithm change over there. That's gonna have this implication for our clients. Let's start educating. We'll do it on our own website. Then we'll educate clients and then we'll get them up to speed with it. And that's how you advance. And I think you've got to, for any anything else you might do, it's so easy to look backwards in the law all the time. There's a case decision, there's a deal you've done. There's what well, everyone can look backwards. But what will differentiate you is if you look forward and interpret through your professional experience what it means to your clients, what it's going to mean to them business wise. Why is that so useful? One, you will get three bites of the cherry before you'll be telling everyone this is where I think it's going to go. As it happens, as the announcement happens, or the thing comes to pass, we told you know we told you this was going to happen, and then there's a deep analysis afterwards, right? There's an opportunity mm. here, there's a missed opportunity, there's some nuance here. So you get three bites of the cherry, 
And um, the other thing I'd say about that pipeline is that senior people in organizations are charged with looking and interpreting the future. So you're more likely to climb up the echelons of the organization. If I want to speak to the CMO at a law firm, or if one of your lawyers wants to speak to the um, GC or the, or the CFO, or someone on the board CEO, then the CEO is going to be thinking about how does, you know, um, the pandemic, how does urbanization affect what we're doing? How does, you know, whatever it might be, if you can help them interpret that on a day-to-day basis, what it means about they should be doing today, then they will always value that. Yeah, I echo that. That's a very, very good tip. And, uh, and one thing that everyone should keep in mind. 100%. Thank you so much, Simon. That was really, really fantastic. Thank you so much for, for sharing uh, your time because it's, um, it's, it's a Sunday, which is unusual, obviously, to do a podcast. Um, but we are in different time zones. So I really appreciate you getting up this, this early um, and spending some time on your precious Sunday uh, with Beyond Biddable Hours. So a massive thank you. It was really, really valuable. Um, yeah. And I look forward to seeing the workshop uh, myself too well it was totally worth it thanks for the um, invitation and uh, yeah as soon as that's up there we'll let everyone know about it of course as well absolutely thank you